0: Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine.
1: All right, I wanna welcome everyone to another episode of Nutrigenomic Nation. So I really appreciate you tuning in today. Today we have a very special guest. We have uh, Dr. Ellie Heinze. She's a naturopathic doctor and licensed acupuncturist and the owner of Starting Point Acupuncture and Wellness. She specializes in chronic pain and migraines, but also sees uh, people with food allergies and also digestive issues. She's also the author of the book, A Starting Point Guide to Going Gluten-Free, as well as the creator of the Food Allergy Formula. So welcome, Dr. Heinze. Thanks for joining our program.
0: Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So uh, we want to get to know you a little bit. I mean, what is your background and what, what drove you to become a naturopathic doctor?
0: Yeah, I usually tell people um, in my previous life, I was a chemist. I have a bachelor's in chemistry and I was on the direction of, you know, going into industry for chemistry. So um, in my master's, I really was kind of struggling with some digestive health issues, and this was a long time ago, probably 15 years ago now, when, you know, food allergies weren't really well known, and so I really didn't know what was going on, so I did the standard route of going to your primary care, and the primary care refers you to the gastroenterologist, and it was a horrible experience where um, I was in my early 20s, and they kind of was like, well, all your tests are normal, There's really nothing going wrong with you. But I was in so much pain every day. It was affecting my ability to do my schoolwork, my energy. I couldn't run. I was an avid runner. And I'm like, this is not right. Something is going on. And where I was living at the time, there was one guy in town who was a naturopath and acupuncturist and had no idea what they really did, but I was like, you know what, it doesn't hurt to go in, see what they have to say. And if it's like really woo woo, you know, I could just leave, but actually it's the complete opposite. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And this particular doctor, he spent a whole hour with me and listened to, what I had to say, and I was like, wow, doctor's actually listening to what I had to say. This is like unheard of. Um, but he's like, you know, what? I want to start, I want to see what's going on. Let's do some testing some different type of testing um, to see if maybe foods that you're eating are contributing. But while we're having these tests, um, you know, get the results back, let's keep feeling better with acupuncture. And so he did acupuncture on the first visit. And that also was really astonishing to me that they're providing treatment while we're trying to figure out what's going on. And that form of medicine really changed my life. And so I'm like, he's really helping people. This is what I really want to do. And so you know, when the test results came back, I actually was allergic to some foods, um, which I at that time really didn't know about food allergies. And it really did pave the way on um, how I shaped my practice. And so I kind of finished up my master's degree um, in chemistry and he was a graduate of Bastyr University. So I applied to Bastyr and I kind of followed in his footsteps, but I knew throughout the whole program at Bastyr that I wanted to help people with naturopathic medicine and acupuncture um, really for digestive health. But um, since I've been practicing now for about eight years, it kind of transformed what I, I really help people with, but food allergies and digestive health is a passion of mine just because of my experience.
1: Awesome, yeah, and we hear that story so many times about those mm-hmm. past experiences driving people into this field. Uh, and helping others with the same affliction. Now, talk to us a little bit about acupuncture, just what what was that experience like for you the first time going through it and what others may experience? Because, I mean, it Mm -hmm. sounds kind of exotic to most people, acupuncture. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty well known, I think. I mean, most people, Mm -hmm. but they probably have never experienced it. So what was your experience like?
0: Yeah, the first time that I got acupuncture, for one, I didn't know that I was gonna have acupuncture at my first visit. And so I think it was a good thing because I was—I didn't have time to think about it. I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, okay, I guess we'll do it." Um, but it was actually really relaxing. I really didn't feel like any of the the needles or the points go in, and I just remember a sense of calmness when uh-huh. I left, and that was also really interesting to me because I one of the factors for me at least was I was highly, I was really stressed out, and so to feel that sense of calmness and like ah, that relaxed feeling. Was like wow this is pretty amazing medicine that you can make you feel this good just after like one one treatment and when i completed the whole course that he recommended you know it was like a game changer i was a completely different person
1: so you went from being a patient and getting acupuncture to now being an acupuncturist um yeah. and so well, i mean what did you learn about that uh, that uh, you know how can that how what type of afflictions and how can that treatment help other people
0: Yeah, um, so acupuncture can help with a wide range of different conditions. Um, But I think the number one thing that maybe stops people from coming in is they do the fear of needles. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I call them points because they're friendly, Um, but it can help get you from that fight or flight sympathetic response, which I think majority of us are in all the time. And it switches you into that parasympathetic state which is actually the state that we need to go into to go to sleep at night. And so studies have found that's how acupuncture works is getting into that you know, rest, repair, rejuvenation mode so your body can actually heal itself. And so that's something that I convey with my patients is that that's why you may feel really relaxed during the treatment and after the treatment because your body is now in that repair relaxation mode.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So uh, talk to us about the food allergy formula. What is that?
0: Yeah. So since um, going through school and coming out into private practice, I knew that I wanted to help people with food allergies or people who suspect may have food allergies. And I quickly found out when I started my private practice that um, people need help just like I needed help. And food allergies, even though it's really well known now, it's still overwhelming for a lot of people. And I know now going gluten-free and having dairy intolerances are are well known, but people still struggle with how to get started. And um, so number one, like people do come to our practice, may not know they have food allergies and we test them for it and they have it and we help them get started. Then there's another group of people who've had tests previously, and they're like, well, I was told that I was allergic to all these different things, and I just was overwhelmed, I just gave up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also help those people make it easy, kind of simplify how to get started, what to shop for, meal planning, how to read food labels, and make it as easy as possible. And so I created um, this online course because I found out I was telling people the same thing And I'm Mm -hmm. like, if I just condense it into this program that people, it can supplement what we do in the clinic, but it's like Food Allergy 101. That's what the original title was. You know, this is A, go to B, go to C and how to walk them through what it's like to have food allergies. Um, When we filmed this course, we were allowed to film it in a natural food store. And so I literally walk them around the grocery store and we look at food labels and we do this getting a whole week's worth of groceries for people who have common allergies, so like um, dairy-free, gluten-free, and egg-free, are what we focus on. But it can actually apply to all different types of allergies. Kind of breaking it down and making it easy.
1: Awesome. Well, so you mentioned gluten-free. I mean, you even wrote a book, you know, a starting point mm-hmm. guide to going gluten-free. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that book, what are what are some things that may be uh, surprising to most people um, about that that diet?
0: One of the reasons I wrote the book specifically on going gluten-free was because I do see people who, a lot of people have celiac disease and there's just a lot of questions around going gluten-free, like does everybody need to go gluten-free? What's the big deal with gluten? And what's the difference people who have like celiac disease versus just, you know, I I have wheat or pizza and I feel horrible may not have an allergy but you know what's the deal with going gluten-free so I wrote that book um, to kind of address those questions and it's really it really is a starting point to understanding you know why gluten is so pro-inflammatory and what that can really do to your health and it can increase inflammation but it can also cause people a lot of digestive issues as well and you know gluten is this like Hidden protein found in wheat, it can be a little bit more than just switching like the gluten free switch from you know, wheat pasta to you know, gluten free grain pasta. There is another step that some people may not see initially is this going to a whole foods based diet is really the ultimate goal when you're going gluten free. Um, but a lot of the time people just get really overwhelmed with what it actually means, what to look for when they're at the grocery store or even going out to a restaurant is probably the biggest one is
1: mm-hmm.
0: not knowing the questions to ask when you're in front of a waiter or you're at the grocery store and like, can I actually eat this? I don't what know. What are some of
1: those questions, you know, for for our listeners, if they're at a restaurant and you know what, mm-hmm. what should they be asking?
0: Yeah, you can definitely ask the basic one, like, do you have a gluten-free menu? Some restaurants do now, which is great. Um, but knowing other key items that may have gluten in it that are hidden is also a big step. So some restaurants nowadays do a really good job of being gluten-free, but there's still like hidden things that maybe the restaurant or the chef just doesn't know about. A big one is like soy sauce. A restaurant or their staff just may not know that soy contains wheat and gluten. And they may say, yep, everything that we have is gluten-free, but yet they put soy sauce Mm. in it and so the follow-up question for people could be you know do you have like gluten free soy sauce or tamari instead um just asking like clarification questions um can go go a long way
1: what about reading labels you mentioned that in the store looking at labels so those Mm -hmm. that want a gluten-free diet um what are some gotchas on some of the labels that they may read
0: yeah luckily now in today's today's world um label reading has gotten a lot easier where they do really highlight if there's the common allergens in there. So at the bottom of the label, it says ingredients, under that will say contains, you know, wheat, eggs, dairy. That's also the, the first step. So see if gluten or wheat is in that, you know, contains line. And if you don't see that, you're like, okay, this could be safe for me. And then go to read the actual ingredients. And if you see like, Whole grains or wheat um for some reason maybe they've missed it in the label um but usually now products will say gluten-free or have a stamp that says gluten-free on it and so that that can really help um usually it's like with the other allergens like dairy and eggs that can be a little bit more sneaky
1: so yeah and, and so there's yeah, a lot, lot of things to look for when you're grocery shopping for sure yeah <laughs> in a lot of those stores and and what um um, what is truly gluten-free, and, and like you said, there's a lot of certifications out there that uh, uh, with the labeling as certifying it uh, gluten-free. Um, oh, you mentioned some gotchas with with dairy. I mean, what's, um, uh, so some, something, something may not be labeled right for, for those that are looking for a, a dairy-free diet. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and, and dairy is a really interesting By itself too. So it all depends where people may have got their food allergy test or if it's just Uh a sensitivity. Um, Sometimes people say well I got tested for a dairy allergy and nothing came came back and then they actually bring in their labs that their primary care ran and it literally just says dairy. You like so what what did they test? Was it whey? Was it casein? Was it cheese? Like we have no idea and so that's where doing a more thorough test that really breaks down different components can help. And so if people just say you "Know dairy in general bothers me, um, we can definitely run with that information, but knowing more specifically um, what they are sensitive or allergic to can help. Um, like if people are allergic to whey protein, that's really good to know because a lot of the protein powders like in smoothies and just random things that you would find at the store sometimes have whey protein in it. And usually that is separated out from the other components of dairy. So knowing that you can know what kind of protein powder that's right for you to have.
1: Yeah. And that's important. In fact, I had a friend who um, had a reaction to a protein powder. um, And because they used also, I think a a casein protein in there, and I think they were allergic, I forget which one they were allergic to, but one or the Mm -hmm. other. And so they had to find a protein that just had the type that they are not allergic to. So, uh, and we were talking a little bit before, and and you had said that you come across um, some some great information in your in your studies, uh, really when it comes to different um, serious diseases and how the foods contribute to those diseases and also our genes. For example, you know, cancer or diabetes, things like that. Um, what what are some of the interesting things that you found?
0: Yeah, so one of the main you know, components of my practice is to use food as medicine and a part of that you know, wellness, wellness puzzle is making sure people are eating the right foods for them. And that could be, you know, does somebody have food allergies or intolerances? Well, they should avoid eating those foods. And the next piece is, are there certain foods out there that have known um, effects on our, on our genes? And there's there's common foods that I recommend for everybody because of what we know on how they affect our health. And one of my favorite foods that I recommend everybody to have is ginger um, because ginger and um, curcumin can also do very similar things genetically. um, And that's providing the antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties, but also um, some tumor suppressing properties as well. Um, And I was just kind of looking into that because I get a lot of questions about Mm -hmm. about ginger. Um, And in my chemistry work, I was actually doing more um, cancer research in the P53 gene, which is a tumor suppressing gene. Um, And surprisingly, ginger and curcumin have been found to really enhance that specific gene, which is really interesting. because that's how maybe one component of how it actually works, um, compared to you know a Western diet, which is pro-inflammatory, has been found to turn on the p53 gene. When p53 turns on, can lead to cancer formation. Wow. So
1: yeah. So so th- these spices. I mean, you know, we we haven't talked about ginger so much, and we talked about curcumin mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, a little bit, and so is it the ginger root or what What type of extract is specifically with the ginger? Do you know?
0: Um, in the size of liquor, I'm not particularly sure, but I do know in Chinese medicine, um, we usually use ginger root in a lot of um, what we recommend. And so even on a Chinese medicine perspective, I recommend gender for people because it, it can do, Help with a lot of different things from heartburn to nausea to helping with pain and so knowing like more specifically like on the western and the eastern side of why ginger is so amazing um it's really interesting information to know exactly like how it works
1: right right yeah. with that gene expression with uh, the p53 gene um mm-hmm. and with tumor suppression that's that's certainly uh very interesting on on and we talk a lot on this program about how uh, certain foods can express certain genes either upward or downward, you know, either turn them on mm-hmm. or turn them off, whatever is more, more beneficial there. So there's another, another example there with, with ginger, and that's, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my last questions uh, for you, uh, Dr. Ellie, is if you have a megaphone and can talk to the world about their health, um, you know, what what is the one most critical piece of advice that you'd give any individual – to have the biggest impact on their health.
0: I would say that now is the time to get help. And a lot I see a lot of people, especially coming out of 2020 in a mm-hmm. pandemic, um, a lot of people stopped going to the doctor because when they're afraid to go out or just afraid to reach out. Um, but now is really the time to put your health first. And a lot of people are coming back into our clinic and really wanting to work on prevention and just say that now is the time to, to get things going. And there's definitely a lot of different ways on how we can help using food as medicine, using different tools in our toolbox, like acupuncture to help with with pain. Um, but for people just to not you know, get comfortable where they are and to know that there's hope out there for whatever they're suffering with, um, and there's a lot of great practitioners out there to help them on, on that journey.
1: Yep, there certainly are. And we talk all the time, either be proactive about your health, and and as you said, uh, keep keep the hope up. There's, there's someone out there that can certainly help you. If you are out there suffering for something, where can our audience go to learn more about you or maybe connect with you?
0: Yeah. Um- I'm really active on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I just started doing TikTok videos.
1: Okay. Um, because are you dance moves or are you talking nutrition? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no dance moves, but really like short facts, short little tips that people can, can take away. Um, and also on my website, you know, startingpointacupuncture.com, I write a lot about food, um, food allergies, and acupuncture. Um, putting it in a way that makes it really easy to use and um, answers a lot of top questions that people have. So my website ha- has a lot of information on there as well.
1: Awesome. Well, great. Well, this has been extremely valuable uh, information, I think, for our audience. is awesome. Hopefully, everybody uh, got something out of today's session. Today, we had Dr. Ellie Heinze, uh, who's a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist and also the author of A Starting Point Guide to Going Gluten-Free. So I hope everyone enjoyed our discussion today, and I hope you join us next time when we discuss another topic related to your good health. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Dr. Ellie Heinze. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.